You are now listening to Kiss or Kill, Confessions of a Serial Climber by Mark Twain. Glitter and Despair I hear the pitter-patter of tiny claws on my stairway and shiver with the fever. I stare across vacant rooftops into the fluorescent high-rise windows, television screens that look down upon the ooze of the city. The waste is atrocious. Garbage piled in the alleyways gags the stoutest throats. I watch the migration of homeless people as the winter forces them south. I pretend to empathize. The rats are everywhere. I used to fight them. I used to care a bit. Today, I retreat. In the streets, I watch battles both inevitable and lost. I sleep wrapped in the cynical strength of my arms, peace interrupted by thoughts of my discarded past. Bones show through my smooth, hard skin. They are not broken yet. I am starved of emotional nourishment, denied respite, refused satisfaction. I accept this punishment for overstepping my limitations. I failed as miserably as is possible. Every poisoned breath I share with this city is atonement for being unable to overcome. The nights are filled with lips that don't move and cynicism that kills my pen. I wake wearing a necklace of unfulfilled dreams. Last summer, I overflowed with the wild hope of youth. I was a young man and faithful to my goals. I was concentrated, fierce, and alert. A mercenary fighting an epidemic of the lame and the weak. Today, as I reach for my death stick cigarettes, I laugh at my deficiencies. I am not disappointed with myself anymore. I used to hide my tears because tomorrow is another day. Now I let them flow for much the same reason. I was strong. I could have done anything. I seethed with desire. Believing in my self-importance, I stroked and blessed my ego. Ambition was so precious. I worshipped it and stole for it. I rationalized every evil thing I ever did by weighing it against my ambition. I wanted to be a god without enduring the boredom of sainthood. I trained. I punished myself. I thought making myself suffer on a day-to-day basis would prepare me for climbing hard at high altitude. I slept on the floor. I carried ice in my bare hands. I beat them against the concrete just to see if I could handle it. I never missed an opportunity to train. I ran stairs until I vomited, then ran more. I ruined relationships to get used to the feeling of failure and sacrifice. It was much easier than holding on. I trained in the gym on an empty diet to learn how far I could push myself without food or water. I imitated and plagiarized the heroes who lived and died before me. I spoke only strong words and ignored weakness at every turn. I subdued my fears. I was opinionated and direct. I became a man either well-loved or truly hated. I was ready for anything. I returned to the South Pillar of Nupsi despite the warnings and my bad dreams. I knew I could handle it. I knew I'd summit in winter, even in carnivorous winds and crippling temperatures. But our technology was impotent against the winter storms. We watched in silence as piece by piece, tent by tent, our base camp was destroyed. The murderer was benevolent with us by comparison to the two lives it claimed a scant 10 miles away. 
We faced the wall, awed by the storm's power. I thought I knew the meaning of the word wind until I went to Nepal in winter. I finally understood after hearing the howl for days and nights strung on end. It shook my organs, conjuring atavistic fillings. I should be in a cave underground. The pit in my stomach came from the wind. I wanted a bunker, not a nylon bag. The two of us were incredibly small in the vastness of Himalayan winter. We approached the pillar knowing we were doomed, but also knowing we were beautiful to hope our ideals would triumph over the heaviness of fear. On Christmas Day, I searched for perfection, for God under an ultraviolet sky, rather than beneath a crucifix. Exhaled halos wreathed around our heads, distressed and furious. I watched nightfall without moonrise. The sun went down on our efforts to find a bivouac cave. Blood, hope, and sweat froze all at once in the dusk. New Year's Eve, I lost all filling in my feet and hands. I belayed Jeff for hours as he did what he does best on radical mixed terrain. The pitch would have been ED plus in the Alps. We were at nearly 23,000 feet. When he climbed, I loved to watch his hands. His tools caressed the ice without it shattering. Jeff applied perfection earned through years of practice, but doubt beat its way into my head with more determination each hour. I wondered whether our efforts would be sufficient. By questioning it all, I began to fail. The storm arrived while we slept. It whipped this way and that, freezing eyelids, nostrils, and eventually words in our throats. I screamed at Jeff to hurry up. I was more worried about losing my fingers than my life. He never heard me. I dropped a Jumar. I dropped my belay plate. I carelessly lost some of the keys to success. Tears froze on my cheeks before they could disappear into the snow. That night, I shivered. I couldn't force my body to obey me. The smell of 10 days effort fouled the air in our one-man bivy tent. The rank ammonia odor of the body burning muscle tissue in order to survive. The sickening and sweet taste of defeat overcame me. It promised respite from struggle bolstered by the relief of knowing that there was absolutely no hope for success. By morning, I'd succumbed to an attack of amoebic dysentery. I shat in my altitude suit, unable to get it off fast enough. After the first time, I cut my underwear out. But after the third time, all I could do was leave the shit where it was. Without conversation, Jeff and I agreed to go down. Wind surged across the frozen wastes. Our bodies moved restlessly. We could not feed them enough. Dusk upon us, we crept across the ghetto of boulders, our headlamps sometimes eerie, then like rockets in the fog. Total darkness ambushed us short of our destination. The hours wore on. The moraine wore us down. My eyes were riveted to the rising scythe of a moon. In that instant, I figured out what was killing me. It wasn't the quick blow of an axe but the slow torment of the rack. Each day I was weaker, each hour a little more sick. With every night that passed, I shuffled a bit nearer to death. I made life and death decisions like I was choosing between two brands of beer. In the end, I knew it was time to give up and consider escape the only success. I gave way to fear, trading my dreams for the bland taste of survival. I turned my back and crawled away. I sold all of my gear in Kathmandu, after I got home, I threw away all the elitist books in my apartment. Eventually, I tore down the pictures of summits and dream climbs from around the world. I promised that I would never, ever go back to the mountains. I vowed that I would not climb again. 
The bed embraces me warmly. I accept the solace it offers. I went to the edge. I thought it was important. I thought the view would be crystal clear. Now I don't care. I give in. I give up. I just don't want to be ordinary, to have meager needs and mediocre ambitions. I want each day to be enough on its own, without risk or fear or the pressure to succeed. I wish I was like everybody else. I squeeze the narrow face in my hands. Its eyes ask me for encouragement. Its frail voice distracts me, hoping to find consolation in my company. But my shoulders not for comfort, my hand not for support. I cannot give anymore. Time bleeds away with every heartbeat, and I carefully inspect my lean bitterness of purpose. The weight of it forces me to the bed. I sprawl face down and sleep through nightmares now because I've seen how bad it can really get. I'm not afraid of dreams anymore. But the threat still lingers like a steel-sprung trap. Though obsession rests, I know it will attack without warning. Possession will come back to disrupt the quiet. I know that sharp and dripping teeth wait calmly behind seductive lips. Wait to crush, wait to tear with vicious, hungry breath. I know that sensitive eyes rest quietly behind fiercely made up lashes, behind a calculated mask. Capable of opening without consent, they are neither placid nor menacing. I bow my head once more, and while ambition sleeps inside of me, I content myself with memories of glitter and despair. Thanks for listening to the Purpose in Being podcast. Please like and subscribe if you enjoyed. Links and details are in the show notes. This is an adaptation of Mark Dwight's book, Kiss or Kill. I'm leaving out quite a bit, so if you enjoy it, please pick up the official book. To find out more about Mark, go to markdwight.com. I'm recording this podcast in the van that I live in and learning as I go, so if you have any suggestions or advice, reach out. Here is a snippet of Mark Dwight's podcast, the dissect podcast is the stability of condition and if someone in their real life wants to be a certain way for the rest of their life mm -hmm. they can't make the radical change to get there it has to be slow incremental not just because these the, the small changes are more sustainable but because the you're reinforcing the habits the actions the thinking the sensitivity mm -hmm that will allow you to maintain that for a long time.